You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, the place to come for movie reviews, along with some extra fun talk about movie-related topics like box office and awards. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically any place else you can find podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for even more content. If you like what we do, feel free to share us with your friends, like and leave feedback wherever you listen to us, and let us know what you think. Now, let's get on with the show. Ryan, this Friday, one of our favorite directors, uh, Guillermo del Toro, is back uh, with a film that it's not as Guillermo del Toro to me as a lot of other Guillermo del Toros. Um, And it's got a great Guillermo name, uh, Nightmare Alley. It's a great Guillermo del Toro name. Um, and I don't want people to think that I'm going to trash them. I just it just feels a little different from his other stuff to me. Well, it it is, and and, and the what he's called it, and uh, I've heard, you know he 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 basically pitched this saying, um, you know, there are no monsters in this movie except for the people, right? And so people are always the worst monsters. So yeah, there's no there's not necessarily the guy in the suit. <laughs> or the he- heavy fantasy aspect that tends to be in a lot of his films, but I I do think a lot of what is in the film still feels very Guillermo del Toro. Uh, the kind of flashes of intense violence, um, the the carnival aspect right. of it. The uh, there's that magic element, uh, be it fake or real, that's right. kind of in there. I think so, it's, it's uh, I think it's more the lack of the overt fantasy nature of it is where it, and I would yes yeah and that, that's why yeah. that's how it doesn't feel Guillermo to me yeah um, that being said a it feels like a noir movie when you watch it um, yeah well and, and I think what's unusual about that is it is shot in color yeah um, after so all the black I, and white I, films we've had it's a nice change of pace yes yeah so I, it's you know, for me, noir is is well, it's the subject, but it's also the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, even he could have done it in black and white, but I'm very happy that he didn't because yeah. there's it's it's actually a really really pretty film to look at when it's not being really really ugly. That yeah, and I was gonna say the and it it is just it is a pretty film to look at. A lot of it is just really the sets are gorgeous. The costuming is great. Um, even like some, t- some the shots of his skies are always great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think something would have been lost if it had been black and white. You'd have lost an aspect of that. Um, and the difference in in tone between uh, in visual tone between the circus and you know the upscale clubs later. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it is is a difference, and I think a lot of that might have been lost because uh, you would have just had a, rot, a lot of bright whites. Like they had in the old old black and white films when you were at a fancy party, or there were, there's a lot of light where it, it's not yeah. necessarily color. So I, th- there are a lot of a lot of things that that color adds, but it still maintains uh, kind of a noir narrative tone. Yeah, uh, which is nice. Um, Bradley Cooper is our lead here, uh, and he plays a guy named Stan. <laughs> Uh, Stan, Stan has, I'm going to say Stan has daddy issues and yeah, that, a few, that's a theme that runs through the film. Uh, yeah. his, his daddy issues. Um, 
and his uh, romantic interest is played by Rooney Mara, um, who plays uh, Electra, the electrified girl in the carnival, uh, user of the uh, Tesla coil, which is great. Um, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Ron Perlman, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins, David Strathairn. Yeah. That's a hell of yeah. a cast. It's a great cast. Um, I and and I will say this: I wrote it in the write-up that I have for this. Um, the always criminally underutilized David Strathairn. I love watching yeah. David Strathairn. I don't know why. I always have. have. Uh, you got Clifton Collins Jr., who's uh, actually uh, might be up for an Academy Award for a different film uh, for Jockey this year. So yeah, I mean, there's just it's just like you know, and a lot of these people are playing. Not necessarily small roles, but uh, well, you know, supporting right little bits and things here and there. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I think there's kind of this universal thing that that a lot of us, if if uh, Guillermo called, you just say yes, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of so they're not they're not small parts in a Guillermo film. I don't think there are small parts. There's like color parts. Yes. Where your 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 role adds color to what he's painting on screen, and I, and yeah, I so, think that's the difference. I mean, you know, you're not playing bellboy well, number two. No, no, you're playing. You know, Ron Perlman's strongman is an important character, right? Um, you know, I, I, even though he's maybe only in what ten percent of the film, maybe if, I, if it's like six minutes of film time. I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean it's so, something ridiculous in a two and a half hour but, film. Yeah. So yeah, it's not uh, it's not a huge screen time. No, and then other other some other characters obviously have a lot more screen time than that. But yeah. uh, it's it's an it's an ensemble film, absolutely. Although it's focused primarily on uh, Bradley Cooper's character, um, who you know, pul- or the pulpy aspect of of noir um, is is interesting in that. Uh, in this film more than any other the hero isn't necessarily who we think it is or or isn't as clean and savory I, in fact this the, the hero might not be in this film um, yeah so you know you're you're dealing with you know Guillermo calls them the others the outsiders right. the 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 unusual uh, off the beaten path sort of thing um in a way, it's. I mean, you know, it. It the the carnival. There's a romanticism about it, but also, it's a, a very ugly thing as well. And I think Guillermo captures the whole carny lifestyle, um, pretty, you know, vividly in in this. Um, in, for both the good and the bad, yeah, uh, sides of it. Um, so, and that that's like the opening. Th- I, I I called it like the opening third. Sure. Of the yeah. film and. Um, you know, I, I, you can share and don't forget, don't forget out there listening that we love Guillermo. Uh, but I charitably call the first third of this film deliberate, but it is really kind of slow. Um, but, but it's, but it's, but yeah, but it's Guillermo and he's just painting such a great picture with what's up there that, you know, but sometimes some of his moves are, are a little long. Uh, you know, his camera moves are a little long and he, so it's it's not it's not a bad slow but but it if you were going to trim this film you could trim that first third 
over the second over the rest of it i I probably wouldn't though (laughs) even at two and a half hours if i asked you to take 10 minutes out no (laughs) fair enough uh but but that's that's like the long it feels like the longest segment of the film uh and i I might take about three seconds out of the bathtub scene uh, maybe yeah um right (laughs) yeah there's that that. yeah anyway um that that's sort of a joke and sort of not a joke. Sort of. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, uh, but uh, he's atmospheric and he always has been, and um, you know, I I I like that. But yeah, like you, you know, I didn't. I I think here's the thing. He, I think the the film is actually well paced. Um, there are aspects uh, that maybe go on a little longer than. You know, some some might right. like, but uh, I think it's it, there's something always happening. Yeah, um, there's 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 you know a, a purpose behind um, everything that we're seeing, um, and you know every once in a while uh, we're moving along and then we hit a bump. That's a big bump. It <laughs> is a big bump. And you know, uh, I don't, there's some great dialogue in this film too. Um, yeah, all just, the well. Let, 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 let's talk about this. So Stan doesn't run away yeah. to the circus or the carnival. He kind of ends up there. Yeah, uh, and but then he 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 meets uh, David Strathairn's character, who is married to Tony Collette's character, and they, she's she plays a medium in the carnival yeah. based on a system that they developed together when he was doing a medium act, uh, which he no longer does for reasons that a lot of the great dialogue in the film actually explain um, yeah. where, where he's talking to Bradley Cooper, who's trying to, to learn from him. Um, it uh, that's, that is actually some of the, the best stuff because that's where his daddy issues raise their ugly head again. Um, yes. And, and yeah. there's other complicating factors in there as well, but, but that's, that's a big one. He, he, but he loves Pete. Uh, uh, David Strathairn's character, yeah. Pete. Uh, he really does like him, but yeah, he's just got he's just got a messed up sense of things, right? So, so you know, Pete dies, and Stan leaves the carnival with that mentalist system, a a, a an act that suits his natural character and abilities. Uh, as it turns out, uh, and he takes Rooney Mara's Molly Electra, the electrical girl, as his assistant, uh, and they go, and he becomes rather famous rather quickly doing this act. Uh, and he's approached by certain people to do things that he was warned not to attempt as a mentalist. The uh, yeah. sp- the spook show. Uh, don't do a spook show because it can never end well. Uh, and and what they mean by that is, is uh, don't try to connect people with their dead relatives. Right. Um, Cause it or, never you ends know, well. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and of course, yeah, b- bad things can happen, but the money's really good for this one off kind of thing, which then leads to a larger, thing uh which 
you know at the beginning is going to go terribly wrong. Um, yeah. But Absolutely. You know, it's like watching a slow motion train wreck that takes place over the course of a couple weeks. Um, and everybody, everybody knows it's going to go. He, you know, there's, there's no illusion. Everyone knows it's going to go wrong. Um, even Stan knows that eventually it ends. Even, he's yes. just, he's just trying to position himself to not be there when it does. Correct. Uh, which all, or he, I mean, I guess some of it too is a false sense of, uh, self in that he seems to think, well, you know, I can pull this off. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I use the, I use this phrase later, uh, to talk about the end of the film. Uh, but it is his own perceived sense of superiority. Um, he, he does believe that he's better or that he can do it better than anyone else and that he can make it work. Um, and that can work for a while. I mean, confidence is a wonderful tool. Um, but taken too far, confidence becomes hubris. And yeah. he then he believes, starts to believe that he cannot can do no wrong. Well, and that's and and that's all. That is one, the main warning of the film too. Is that he, when the magician believes his tricks. Yes. He needs to, you know, it's time to move on. Yeah. And Pete learned that the hard way. Yeah. And hit the bottle. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a huge lesson is in this. So the, so the middle portion of this is Stan becoming famous, uh, at, just as like a touring mentalist playing very yeah. nice clubs, not freaking dirt theaters. Um, and then he gets sucked into this upper class spook show kind of thing. Uh, and then when that's where he has to deal with Kate Blanchett's lawyer or a psychiatrist. Yes. Um, who, who, who identifies with him to a certain extent in that, you know, are they both just mentalists who are, you know, is there science to what they're doing or is there, you know, um, are they are or they running she, are, are they running the same con from two different angles? Yes, yes. Is one doing it under the guise of being a medical mental doctor, and the other under the guise of uh, a seer? You know, so yeah. And so they they deal, and of course, you know that can't that relationship. Two hmm. likes in a situation like that never ends well. No, no. Two two people perfect for each other means that something's wrong. That, that is it. Yeah, it's an imperfect match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something that, that never works. Um, so that leads us, you know, after you watch that segment play out uh, to its fairly <laughs> inevitable conclusion. I, I love. I, I, it's a great conclusion. Don't get me wrong, but it's there's there's just inevitable. some delicious, delicious the line deliveries and stuff in towards it, just some classic stuff. Oh yeah. Um, um, Kate Blanchett has uh, at least one particular line that that uh, is delivered. I mean, it's really simple, but it's delivered so well um, and has so much uh, subtext. And it's, all of her lines. Uh, yeah. She's a psychiatrist. Yeah. They all have subtext. Well, yes, but I mean, she na- just nails it, and, and it's the, just there's some dynamic chemistry going on in this film. Um, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I was fortunate enough to kind of accidentally crash the world premiere. Nice. Um, Did you accidentally that, crash it? Well, I didn't realize it was the world premiere. Oh. So, but you were invited. Be in New- well, yes, but I was going to be in New York and miss the screening here in Salt Lake City. So I reached out to Searchlight and uh. said, I noticed that there's a screening in New York. Mm-hmm. Can I go to it? Having no clue that it was the world premiere. Anyway. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. It, it, but but mo- most of the cast was there. And um, a few of the things that they, they wanted to point out is, you know, obviously in a lot of old noir films, the women uh, get the short end of the stick. Well, that's not necessarily the case in this one. Um, and, in fact, uh, they, they were very quick to point out that the women in this film leave in better positions than when they are found. Yes. For the most part. For the Their most lives part. improve, um, you know, throughout the course rather than, I mean, they, some of them have to go pretty low to begin, you know, yeah. to start, but then they get to rise up. Um, you know, and, and that, that was important. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it's, it's one of those projects where everyone just bought in and went. Um, and there was a, a, a massive gap between um, when the, in the, in the, because they had to shut down from a hundred and something days. Wow. Long enough that Rooney, Rooney Mara went off and had a baby. <laughs> in the, I mean, not, you know, she was already pregnant, but she wasn't showing. And right. then she had a baby and then she comes back and, um, there's a scene that takes place in the bathroom, apparently, and that's the cutoff point mm. where for her anyway. Right. Um, but you know, that they were, this was something that, uh, this is based on a novel that has been made into a film, um, in the, the forties. Um, it's a good film. It's sort of the same, sort of the same. Not, well, it's the same story. It's, right. it's, I, I the, the two, definitely stand on their own merits the, the adaptations are, are, are different they both have different nuances and mm. things but um yeah i just it was it was i mean i like yermo a lot to begin with mm. um and there's a part of me that doesn't know how this movie got made <laughs> then there's a part of me that looks at the cast and goes well okay how do you not you know, you combine like- well, no, yeah, I mean, well, and, and, and you know, they actually had some guys from Searchlight who said basically after um, Shape of Water that Guillermo kind of pitched this thinking that they would say no, uh. um, you know, and, and they said yes, so he jumped at it and said, okay, well, we're doing it, you know, uh, I think Guillermo is... Um, always been kind of a risk taker and a dreamer. Um, Clearly. And he throws out a lot of different uh, projects that he would like to do, but doesn't necessarily think he's going to actually get to do. And right. I think that was, that was sort of the situation with this. And when they, they greenlit him, he just, he ran with it. And then, uh, yeah, and then for, you know, COVID comes along and kind of messes things up a little bit, but... Um, so let's. It happened. And yeah. It, it, it's yeah. Let's let's talk about the the end bit uh, after stands. The self determination. <laughs> yes. The uh, yes. 
Uh, so he has uh, that second segment. That that segment ends with the spook show uh, part, and Stan finds himself not where he was, uh, and he finds himself back in the company of carnies. Uh, and that segment, uh, as soon as he gets there, you know how it's going oh, to yeah. end. Um, yeah. and, and you and I disagree on whether Stan knows how it's going to end. I think he knows, I think, or at least when he gets in that situation and the conversation starts and he knows exactly where it's going the familiarity of it, I think. And it's a, and so that, again, my question, we, and we disagree on whether or not he thinks he's going to still thinks he's going to beat that situation or if he's accepting of that situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. And, and you say Guillermo knows what he wants. Uh, and that's fine. But like I said, I, I watched it and I was like, that's, it's a great, it's a great ambiguous line in a vacuum. Uh, and, yeah. and Bradley Cooper's delivery is really great because it could be, you know, that's either the laugh of a defeated man or a laugh of a man who thinks he's got this. Well, you know what I mean? I, 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 well, I think either way, it's the, the laugh of a man who feels like he's arrived, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the, in the in that, oh, yes, this is the place where I needed to be. Um, in this strange sort of way, um, I don't know. I, it just it's uh, like I said, it's a it's a great I, bit, and I, I love yeah. it. I, I get to, and I and I love it. Yeah, as you know, it, it, we could probably argue about it for hours. Everyone could probably argue about it for hours. But like I said, well, I love and, it. I think it's I, great, and I think it really does kind of encapsulate Stan. And I so, don't know that there's there's a correct answer. Yeah, that's be, that's the really fun part. Of, of bits like that in films is when there's not really a right answer or a wrong answer. So I don't think there is a right answer. I just think there's no wrong answer. Because uh, yeah. in that situation, there is no right answer. There's only wrong answers or not wrong answers. So uh, yeah, it's, but it, 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 it ends really well. Stan is where Stan is and everyone else has <laughs> moved on. Um, Willem Dafoe is the the carny boss that brings him in in the beginning, yeah. uh, and and then sadly we don't really see him after the middle of the film. No, he kind of yeah. Th- there are a couple characters that definitely uh, come and go, um, and he is one of those. And I and I think part of that is reflective of the lifestyle. Oh, um, uh, you know some. <laughs> Although, can you, can you imagine that final scene being him delivering that, that monologue too? Yes, uh, and God help him. me, that's honestly what I was thinking. Yeah. And then it's Tim Blake Nelson who's great as the carny boss that he encounters, but I just thought, what... I mean, it's very Hollywood to do it that way, but I think, watch, be, but yeah. I think watching Willem Dafoe do it would have just been outstanding to watch him actually walk through that again, knowing that he had walked him through it once before. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just think that would have been just freaking thespian brilliance to behold, to watch Willem (laughs) Dafoe actually do it again. 
I, I just think that would have been incredible. I understand why, because it's a very Hollywood thing. But I, I just from a pure, purely selfish standpoint, I'd love to have seen that. If there had been like an alternate cut that maybe he threw away, and he, and he thought of it, and he came in and reshot it or something, but uh, I would have loved to have seen that. Like I said, I, Willem Dafoe is just so good. Um, he's so likable and so evil, all was, at the yeah, same time. Yeah, and we're gonna be talking about him very shortly uh, again. Yes. So um, yeah, so no. Overall, I, I, I liked Nightmare Alley. Like I said, it's it, it's not. If you're looking for monster movie Guillermo, this is not it. Unless you're kind of looking for the esoteric monster gear. Yeah, there's monsters in this. There's monsters in it. They're just not Shape of Water. Monsters. Kaiju. Yeah, that's not who you get. You get people. Um, Most people monsters. People people monsters. Uh, Yeah, so no, it's it's really great. Uh, I I really did enjoy it. uh, it, Again, it opens this Friday, uh, the 17th, or Thursday. Yeah, Friday the 17th of December. Um, it's opening somewhat sadly against Spider-Man. Yeah. But canon programming. If, yeah, but if you can't see Spider-Man because all of the seats are gone, maybe consider popping to the, to the auditorium next door, uh, and catching, catching this, uh, it, uh, it, it won't, I don't think it'll do you wrong if you don't get to see, and if you watch Spider-Man and then need to, to not superhero movie, catch this one on the same weekend. Make it a double feature. It's all yeah, good. You could do, well, yeah, you could do a double. You feature. could do a double feature. That it's fine. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out uh, if you can. Um, speaking of Spider Man, we'll be talking about that one like right after we're done talking about this one. So watch for that episode too. Um, any last thoughts on Nightmare Alley that you'd like to share? Any tidbits? Well, I mean, I I I, I like to see Guillermo doing something that's slightly different. This is slightly um, different. That still feels like a Guillermo film. So, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a sense of, how, you know, I liked the cast going in. I liked the idea. I knew the original. Uh, I didn't know the book, but I knew the, the original film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was intrigued. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, I really liked it. Um, and it's been popping up on um, a lot of uh, end of year, you know, best ofs lists, yeah. which is, uh, I guess, it's, I don't know that it's surprising, um, but it's definitely the sort of film that you could see get overlooked as well. Yeah. So it's nice, nice that it's it's getting a, a fair amount of attention. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so it's nice. As I said, we, we're we're going through kind of a, an embarrassment of cinematic riches right now. Well, yeah, uh, that's the, it's the time of year. And, and you know. well, yeah. And well, and the fact that now it, because of the year, it's all, it's even worse. Everything's compressed. Yeah. Uh, so don't, don't overlook nightmare alley at all. Uh, it'll, it'll surprise you. So, all right. Uh, that is it. We are going to wrap up nightmare alley and then we're going to go talk about Spider-Man, uh, probably with a spoiler section. So I'll just give you a hit for that right now. Know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, But till we talk to you again, don't forget to like us, follow us on social media at VS movie podcast. You know, the drill, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to us there. That works too. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of uh, nightmare alley. And uh, until we talk again, I am Mark. That is Ryan. Bye Ryan. See you. And we'll talk to y'all later.